Good morning, everyone. Hey, I'm excited to be here tonight. What are we thinking about this series? Come on, Young Guns. It's been a fun one. Pastor Mariah last week. Come on. She's smacking everyone, being like, hey, let's obey. I'm like, all right, let's go. So Pastor Mariah, it's super fun. Um, I'm excited for where this is going. Um, before I actually really get started, I just want to um, thank a few people. First um, one being is Pastor Darian and Miss Tyra. Come on. They are, um, <laughs> give it up for me. Yeah. They, uh, I look towards all towards them because um, they created this church, and, and they believe in life change. You know, they believe in the, the mission and the vision of Your Place Church. And they put some blood, sweat, and tears into it. But yet, they walk with such humility that it's not just them that's building it. You get what I'm saying? Like, they're allowing other people to, to do young guns. Like, the, like, they're putting young communicators which means that haven't communicated that often in front of everyone that they've, that they've just built this, for this church. And it, just, it just blows my mind. So, so Pastor Daniel, um, Miss Tyra, I know you guys are watching on your sabbatical. Get some rest. Hear from the Lord. Give us some vision and excitement. Um, get relaxed. We love you guys. Thank you so much for everything. That you've done. I also um, want to thank Pastor Taylor for everything that he's done. Um, give it up for him. He, uh, he's actually the one that, that is allowing me to come up here and, and has been training our young guns. And we could not be here, could not do what we're doing without Pastor Taylor. But the, 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 the biggest praise that we need to give is to King Jesus. So thank, thank you, Jesus. It is an honor and a privilege to be up here on this stage. If I have not had the honor of meeting you, though, my name is Tyson. I uh, oversee the students here at the church. Been doing that for about a year. Come on, let's go. Student ministry, next gen, come on. Um, so I've been doing that for about a year, and I've been on staff here for about two years. I actually just hit my two-year mark this last week. Um, so I was super excited being able to do that. And then uh, I, I just want you guys to, to get to know me. So I brought a few pictures just so you guys can get to know me. So we got that first picture. There I am, eight years old, uh, in, in a chimp uh, proportion thing. See if I match the size of one, and I, I don't. I am awfully skinny, but there. There I am right there. I got, I got another one. This one I think really describes me. This next one's about to come up here. There it is. That one I think really just, like if you want to know Tyson, like this photo right here is a, is a great one. Look at that face and look at that size of the ice cream bowl. Like come on, that, that right there. And then this next one, we got one more here. Look, got this next one, me at the lake. You, that is me. There we go. Ice cream and me at the lake. So that's all you really need to know about me. But I do have another one here. Let's, let's, let's throw up this next one. Oh, <laughs> Pastor Taylor. That's not, that's not, this is just Pastor Taylor when he's young. I just had, to, just had to show that out there. I got that on Facebook. And if it got approved on Facebook, it means it's approved for church. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the rule. Keep that out. If it's approved for Facebook, it should be approved for church. But there he is, rocking the mohawk. So we got a, we got a petition out in the lobby on the information desk just to sign to, to bring that haircut back for Pastor Taylor. No, I'm, ki I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I do actually have another photo. Uh, this one is of me and my fiance, Emmeline. We're getting married here soon. Yeah, how exciting. We're getting married in September. And then here's my cash app for the wedding. No, I'm, ki I'm kidding. Guys, relax. I'm kidding, okay? Don't actually have a cash app. We're, we're just going to learn about God. That's what we're going to do instead, okay? Um, so that's just a little bit about me. Um, but I don't want this to be just, just another message. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want this just to, to be a clock in, clock out. We need the Word of God in here. Like, we need God. We need His presence like we need him. So before I, I say what I'm saying, before I start doing what I'm doing, we need God. Because my words, like I said, I'm the youth pastor. The youth pastor, we kind of do things all over the place, you know. Um, there, was a, there was a service where um, not quite half, but a good portion of the service, we were talking about uh, the different kinds of soups. And we've agreed that hearty soup is the best soup. Who agrees? Come on, hearty soup. 
They're like, no, they're like, no. No, if you agree, you need to, but this is what happened. This is what happened in youth. They also all said brothy soups. And I'm like, what? Did you just shake your head, the brothy soups? Like, yes, that's, no. Hardy, we're, we're a hearty soup people, aren't, okay, fine. Just me, that's what happened at youth also. But, um, but there's just a, just a little bit about me, but we need God in here. So let's just pray. Lord, thank you. Lord, for who you are. Lord, for your presence in here today. Lord, we, we ask that you come here. Move inside of our lives, move in our hearts. Fill us up today, God, with your love. Let us leave here more like you in every way. Help me to find the words you want me to say and say them, Lord. Let this be an act of serving. This is not a production. This, this is serving for life change, God. So we pray that you're in here to help us have life change. So we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Like I said, I so I'm the youth pastor. I haven't spoken hardly on a Sunday. I've done a few um, seven or five on sevens, which we got coming up soon. Let's go. That's exciting. But I haven't done a full message. So like I said, this is going to be a little bit more like youth, okay? So I'm going to have to throw a little youth vibes in there. So what we're going to do first of all is we're going to turn to Matthew 22. But I need to know who has their actual paper Bibles. Come on, paper. Oh, come on. This is it. This is youth. We're, we're throwing candy out to the people that actually have their paper Bible. You got a paper Bible? There you go. Get some candy. Who else? I got two more. I can't keep them because I need to, I don't have my paper Bible. So we'll get you one and then Jessica get you one right there. So this is what we do because this is the word of God. It's what we need. But like I said, I can't have any because I don't have mine. Um, but as we turn to Matthew 22, I need, I need a little communication, okay? I need, need us to talk back. Let, let's have a conversation. So, so the thing that, that, first of all, just to get to, i let you know about me. i show you some few pictures. Let me get to know about you. Just let, let, tell me some things that you love. You know, you know, I just love this. Just start shouting out. What is something that you love? Remy's. Remy's. Good plug. We like Remy's. They, come on, get those. The, the brisket burrito, though? Okay. Anyway, we love Remy's. What else we got? Family bacon. Fishing, come on, fishing, that's a good one. What is it? Motorcycles, naps, come on. We love a good nap. I love a good motorcycle ride. Those are all great things. Um, what was something, uh, well, I, I kind of showed you the things that I love, like the lake, ice cream. That's, that's why I showed those pictures, because I love me some, I, I don't even have to put it just ice cream, just sugar. I love me some sugar and the lake. Um, what are some things that you hate? Anything that you're just like, you know, I'm just really, I'm, I, I hate doing this. I hate liking this. Like, what is it? Spiders. What? Cleaning. Yes. Um, I said laundry. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I don't like laundry. Um, but it, it, yeah, is there a few? Is there a few other things? We got one more? Satan. That's like dishes. That's a, that's a big, guys, this is not a part of the notes, but there was a time when uh, we used to, have to do chores after dinner, and whenever I had to do the dishes, it was a, what should have been a 10-minute process turned to an hour and a half process because of how much I hated doing them. I just like stand there and be like, nah, and I'm like, do it so slowly, but ah, I, need, I need freedom on that one. But the, the real thing, the real thing that I just despise, if, we're, if we've ever watched The Grinch, we're going to say loathe entirely, right, um, is my shirt getting wet, I don't, I don't like the feeling of the wet, clammy shirt. I, I don't know why, but that's just me. And there was this time, actually literally just two days ago, this wasn't me, thank the Lord, but two days ago, um, Pastor Taylor, his son, Hezekiah, was running outside in the rain. And you're like, oh, that's fine, go play in the rain, cute. Except for his clothes were soaked. He's wearing the wet shirt, wearing wet pants, and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't, why are you doing that, you know? Like, I mean, I hate, like, I, I'm being bothered by his wet shirt. I, mine, mine's dry. I'm like, well, this is ridiculous, you know? Like, I just hate wet clothes. And there was this time, it was last year, and we, last year we had, we had season passes to Silver Dollar City. And we were going to go and, and go to Silver Dollar City, you know, get, let's ride some rides, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to hop on, ride some rides, do all these things. But they let us know this time, hey, 
we'll probably ride a water ride this time. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> time out. We can't wa- ride a water ride. I really enjoy water parks because I'm allowed to take my shirt off. On a water ride, I have to wear my shirt and I- I'm going to get wet. Like, what? Like, let's not do it. They're like, no, we're going to ride it. So I came prepared, okay? So I, I-, I had sandals on so I didn't have to get my feet wet, which I, that- like, that doesn't bother me as much, but my shirt is just, you know? So, and then I had a, a pair of black shorts, and they looked uh, like, looked like shorts, but they were actually a swimming suit. So I was wearing my black swimming suit, and I wore this really light, flowy t-shirt, and I'm like, this one's supposed to be real light, so it will dry real quick, you know? I'm like, I'm trying to just figure out how to not have this wet shirt problem, and we're going, and we're going. I, they said the ride last service. I forgot what it was, but it's the circle one that's on the river, and you sit four and four on the circle, and you, you all look at each other, and, and I'm watching in line, and I'm there, and I'm looking up, and I'm like, so if it goes up like that, and that person in that hoodie, I'm watching them the whole time, just so I know where, how they fall down the waterfall. I'm like trying to do trigonometry. I'm like, wait a minute. If they just, I don't even take trigonometry. I'm just trying to figure out how to, to, to get, yeah, to sit in the right seat, you know? And, and I get up there, and I'm like, I, they're, they're taking t- well, turns, and I'm like, I don't know which one they're doing. So I go up to the guy, and I'm like, hey, we know that you work here and you've seen all these people. You know which seat is the driest one. Just tell me which one is it. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, wait a minute. You get paid to tell me the answer. He's like, why not? And we get on this ride. And the people at Silver Dollar City had the audacity to put water guns at the top of the river. And you can pay to spray people with water as you're going down and so I, I'm like trying to do my math I'm like I'm like trying to shake it you know I'm like let's get it so I'm facing the right spot at all the right times you know and there I'm getting sprayed by water gun I'm like this was not a part of my you know trigonometry right here and we're we're approaching the drop we're approaching the drop and as we're approaching it I, I did the math on this one if you're facing away when you're going down you hit the water and it like tidal waves over you and drenches you. Everyone that's facing towards the drop just gets splashed, you know? Like, so there's a splash or there's like a, like a, a full-on drench. And this is what's happening. I'm watching the waterfall. And I'm like, <laughs> I made it in the right seat. Let's go. And, I, and as I'm going, it hits this, hits this bumper and it's literally like whoop. And I'm like, Wait, 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 no, 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 like, like, take me out, you know, and I go down, and I go down, and I'm telling you, like, full on soaks me, I'm pretty sure that everyone else got off dry, and I'm just over here, just like, drenched, I'm holding my shirt, because I don't like it that much, I don't know why, but I just, I'm, I'm not like, it gets even worse, you ready, it, it doesn't get much worse, because my shirt's already wet, but they have those, uh, like air vent that you can pay money for and it blows on you so you can dry off quicker. Luckily, someone left theirs early so we had time to go in while it was still on and we walked in and we're like, no wonder they left early. This doesn't, this doesn't do anything for you. You're just saying, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting more wet. Like, how is that even possible, you know? And, and so I'm walking this whole time soaked. I'm just like, this is awful. So we did what anyone that goes to Silver Dollar City does and you go to the barn swing, and it, you know, it's just a massive swing, and it dried me off, and I was better. All of this, this whole story, all of this to say, we all have things that drive us crazy, but so does God. We all, we all have these things that, that just drive us crazy, but so does God. Matthew 22, I give you plenty of time to turn to Matthew. So, so you should be in Matthew. Matthew 22, verse 2. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who have been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. 
But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants and mistreated them and killed them. Then, then this is just a simple little short sentence. The king was enraged. We, we, yeah, right. If I sent some servants just to, to, to come to a wedding, like that's not even just like, like, that's not even telling them to do anything hard. It's like, hey, I have a dinner prepared for you. Most of the time, like that's how you get people there. It's like, hey, there's free food. No, them, they, they, they killed them. So the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those who murdered destroyed those murderers, and burned their cities. And you're like, wow, that's, that's, a, that's kind of an extreme little scripture there. What, what's this have to do with, with hear, believe, and obey, with young guns? And, and um, I'm, I'm going to let you know, this little, I, I have a little bit more of that scripture, but this scripture right here was actually a prophecy that was happening. Jesus was saying this to the Pharisees, but it's actually a prophecy happening because this, what was happening, is what was happening in Jerusalem. The city whose religious leaders strongly rejected Jesus. So what, what we see here is actually a prophecy that is being lived out, and it actually continues in verse 8. It says, Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets, gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there that was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? says, the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are invited, but few are chosen. And, and you're reading it, and you're like, wow, this, this got intense quick. And he was just talking about riding in Silver Dollar City to talking about someone being thrown in hell is, is what weeping and gnashing of teeth resembled and he did this and you're like what like what I'm, I'm still a little confused what does this have to do with hear believe and obey like what like where are we at there's three things that I got from this scripture well I think the Lord is, is, gave to me so that we can then be more like God so what what we want here is I want life change through the love of God that's the goal right life change through the love of God. And, and I have that with these three thoughts from these scriptures. The first thought that I have for you is that we need to love what God loves. Let's love what God loves. In verse 8, it says, Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come, so go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. What this has to do is, is Jesus, right? This was a prophecy. Jesus was first sent to the Jews, right? Israelites are God's chosen people. He was first sent to the Jews, but yet they rejected him. They, they said, no, I don't, I don't want that. But God said, no, like I, I love people so much. I don't want to be here without them. He said, he said let's, let's populate heaven, as they say. Verse 8 and 9 through 10, it shows us that. It says, bring in the good as well as the bad. It's that concept of John three sixteen, For God's so, like, the power of this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So if we're going to love what God loves, we've got to love people. Man, we, like we, we have to love people. 
We can't, we can't not love them because God sent his son for you. God sent his son for me. And this is a wedding banquet for a king. And back in the, the day with, of the Israelites and, and in the Bible, like that is the biggest honor that you could have. It's like people were undeserving to go to a wedding banquet, especially for those of a prince. So, so the concept that his friends, the Israelites, the ones that were supposed to go, denied Jesus. And he said, hey, you, you guys want to come? Let's, let's, I got a fatted calf for you. Come on. And he allowed everyone to be there, the good and the bad. I'm so thankful that he allowed everyone, the good and the bad, to be there. Because there are some people, including myself, I'm like, I might have considered myself to be in the bad category. I might have considered myself to be in that bad category. But yet, the invitation was still for me. The invitation, he, want, he loves us. So if we're to love what God loves, we have to love people. We can't say that, that we hate those people over there or that we, that we hate this thing when it's something that God says he loves. Because we need to love what God loves. So I got a list for you here of just, just a few things that God loves. And I have this just because we're, if we're going to love what God loves, we're, we're putting this through, through a filter of do, do I love these things also? God loves people. It shows that, us hear that in, in Matthew 22 and 37. It says that, God also loves his heavenly father. Wait, God, God loves his heavenly father? Like, how does that make sense? Read it. Also, Matthew 22, 37. But God loves his heavenly father. God loves righteousness, which means being in right standing with God. God loves righteousness. You can find that in Psalms 146. Um, God loves obedience. Obeying. You know, like what Mariah talked about, Pastor Mariah. That's Psalms 103. God loves justice, Psalms 37, and God loves a cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So with, with hearing those, we think to ourselves, do I love what God loves? You're like, oh man, he would put God loves a cheerful giver, <laughs> church, you know? I mean, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. We, we need to love what God loves. We need to become more like God. But we have to actually believe his word to do his word. We have to believe what God says to do what God says. On the hear, believe, and obey, how are we to believe it if we don't hear it? I think of this as the concept of, of grace unwasted. Pastor Taylor talks about grace unwasted all the time, where this scripture says, go out into the streets. Verse 9 says, go out and invite anyone you find. The, the grace unwasted is, man, he did it for me. Man, he saved my life. Come let him save yours as well. Go invite anyone you find. <laughs> I'm so glad that God found me. Like that, that concept, I'm so glad that God found me because he loves people. He loves you. So let's love what God loves. Let's love people. The second step of life change through the love of God is we have to hate what God hates. Hate what God hates. And you're like, wait, God, God hates things? Like God, God's the God of love. Does God hate things? Yes, yes, he does. Proverbs 6, 16 says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. The first being haughty eyes. You've ever heard what haughty eyes? Whenever I first heard haughty eyes, I'm like, I, I just almost thought like maybe like look lustfully, you know, like haughty eyes. But it actually means pride. Haughty eyes 
eyes that look down on someone. You know, you know those people where you walk up to them and they just kind of have this like a, like I'm, like a, the, the I'm better than you stance to them. You know what I'm talking about? It's this pride in them. This is the first thing that God says he hates. Not actually hates, an abomination. <laughs> like that, that's the severity of that. And, and it, it's interesting because the devil fell from heaven because of pride. He, he fell from heaven because of pride. Like that is a sin that is an abomination to him. In this moment, like, it's, it's a check, God. If I'm to hate what you hate, do I hate pride inside my life? We continue on. He hates a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness that breeds out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. It's kind of a lot of things, right? We just listed off all the, all the things that we hate, and we're like, oh, man, hey, Laundra, hey, doing dishes. I hate doing all of these things. I think we, we, we say we hate so many things, but I don't believe we actually hate them. The things that we're supposed to hate, we may actually like doing. So God says to, to hate what he hates, the things that, that we're, you know, we're not supposed to hate, we, we might hate. We might not understand the concept of fully hating. But the things that we're supposed to hate, we like doing. So in, in our lives, like we're here to grow, right? To be more like Jesus. Let's hate what God hates. What, what in our lives are you like, you know what? I, I might enjoy this a little too much that I don't want to stop doing it. What's the Lord saying to you in this moment? Hebrews 1.9 says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has sent you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. That's it right there. You love righteousness. Let's love what God loves and hated wickedness. Let's hate what God hates. Hating wickedness is hating sin. We have to hate sin. And, and people, I think, oftentimes overuse the word love, right? People talk about, um, oh, man, I, I love pizza, let me tell you, pizza is great. I, we do like us some good pizza. But the power of love, but the power of hate. When God says, I hate that. We can't run it through our minds of, oh yeah, I mean, I hate it just like I hate that you know, other football team over there, or whatever it is. Like the, the actual weight that Jesus is getting at here when he says to hate wickedness. Hate is an intense or passionate dislike. Do, do we have that in the sin that we are doing? We have to hate, and, and then hating sin, like, you're like, right, hate sin, but it's hating sin like God hates sin. There's a difference there than just hating sin, but it's hating sin like God hates sin. I think of Psalms 97.10. It says, Oh, you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of the saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. So if we hate sin, we go to Hebrews 1, right, where it says that we'll be anointed with joy. And then we go to Psalms right here, where it says that he will, let's get this right, preserve the lives of the saints and deliver us from the hand of the wicked. You put those together, that sounds like a pretty good life to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're, we're anointed with joy. You've seen those people. 
Like, they just walk around like they have, they have joy all the time. <laughs> I hate them at this moment. No, no, no. But they have this concept that they just have joy all the time. It's because of these scriptures right here. That sounds like heaven. So we have to hate sin like God hates sin in ourselves, but in others also. And, that, and then that's where we're like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. And I think a lot of times, like, we will sin, and, you know, you, we're inserting what, what it is for us in this moment. And we're like, I don't, I don't want to. But then you do, like, you do sin, and you're like, well, I'll try not to sin next time, right? Or we think, oh, you know, Romans 3.23, for we all fall short of the glory of God. Yes. Like, that's true. And, I, and I, I need this to come across that, like, God loves you. That's the very first step. We need to love what God loves. God loves people. But it, it's the hating sin, and, and we are human. You're like, this, seems, this sounds like a lot, like, to, to, to hate sin. Yeah, it is. We are human. Romans 3.23 is a true statement that we do all fall short of the glory of God, but there's a shift in it. It's not a, ah, Okay, I'll, I don't want to do it again. It's a, oh my gosh, Lord. I, I did it again. God, I'm so sorry. Lord, I thank you so much for your forgiveness. Lord, if I didn't have your forgiveness, I don't know where I would be. But Lord, help me. Get me to this point where I hate sin like you hate sin. Do you see the difference there? Between the, the just, like, not wanting to sin, which we shouldn't, to, like, oh, I, I do not want to sin. And we do fall short. Like, we are human. That's why we need Jesus, because he was the perfect one, because we couldn't be perfect. I'm so thankful for him. But yet, are we striving to be like him? Are we trying to grow like him? Because in this moment, like, I, I want to be more like Jesus. And a person in the Bible that I think hated sin was Paul. It shows us in, in 1 Corinthians 5.12, it says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? That is an extreme statement there, Paul. Like, you, you guys were like, like, this is Young Guns. This is supposed to be an encouraging, fun series. What are you doing coming at us? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm trying to love what God loves. I'm trying to hate what God hates. We cannot allow it in others. And this is what Paul's saying. He says we cannot allow it in others. And the very first thing he says, he says, it is actually. And it is actually, I think, could be taken as like a, like a judgmental, like, it's actually reported among you. I don't think it's judgmental. Like, God's not say that Christians should be judgmental. Like, let's, let, we aren't judging. We're trying to become more like God. So Paul's like surprised. He's like, you, we said we wanted this. Like, why, why are we going back to how we were? Christians, we need to become more like Christ. We do fall short. He, Paul's the one that wrote Romans 3.23. Paul's the one that wrote Romans 7 where he says, I keep doing what I don't want to do. And the things I want to do, I don't do. He understands that. But he's like, you, 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 you keep sinning. And you want to? Like, he's just shocked. Like, wh Why? And this, this really shows me, he called him out. He said in verse 1, a man is sleeping with his father's wife. Called the dog out in front of everyone. And like, this isn't just like a calling out of like, you know, he was just sent it in a, like a little envelope and sent it to him. This was in front of the church. He's just reading it in front of the church. And everyone knew who he was talking about. Could you imagine me doing that right now? Where I just come up and I'm like, oh, Katie, it's, you've just been doing this and just like say something right in front of everyone. Everyone would be like, 
And this is what Paul's doing. And, and the best thing is that right here it shows in, in verse 2, it says, and you are proud. Whoa, whoa. Where we're supposed to have life change, we're supposed to become more like Christ. We're, we're putting away our old self. So he's not, he's not judging him. He's just like, no, we're, we put away our old self. We're no longer sinners. And Paul actually clarifies. He says, people that don't know Christ, if they're sinning, that, that's a different story. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't know his love for us. He doesn't know what he's done to save us. We love because he first loved us, right? So he's like, if, if we want this life change, we have to change our life. If we want the life change, we have to change our lives. And he says, you're proud of it. They did not think it was bad. The person here did not hate sin, and they didn't hate sin in others. They were proud. To continue in verse 2, it says, you should put him out of the fellowship, the man who's been doing this. Wait, wait, pause. <laughs> Time out. Remember, rewind to step one. Remember, we need to love people. That doesn't sound like loving people. It's also Paul that says, the leaven causes the whole dough to go bad. We, we as people here at the church, man, we're, we're striving for life change. We're striving for God's love. I'm striving to love people more. So if this sin that I'm so proud of, that I don't hate, is, is causing this problem in the church it's taking away the holiness from the church get it out get it out so the question is is there someone around us that's maybe making us like sin just a little too much is there someone around here they're like I just we need to get them out if they're not saved it's a different story. We love people. The good and the bad came in, remember? The good and the bad. The difference is there was growth that was happening with it. Let's have that growth. We don't want this to be corroded. Send me back into Matthew twenty-two, eleven, verse 14. This is the scripture we started with, remember? It says, but when the king came to see the guests... He noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told his attendants, tie him hand and foot. Throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. This guy at the wedding banquet did not hate sin. He did not love what God loves. He did not hate what God hates. The wedding banquet is resembling heaven, remember? So the guy, he didn't care. He's like, ah, I don't, I don't want to change. Why? Are, are we enjoying the sin too much? Did, wait, I don't want people to tell me what to do. The reason, can, can, I, can I share this? The reason why we do this is so that we can live a better life. An owner manual to a car. If I'm to drive a car and stick washer fluid in the gas tank, who knows the car is probably not leaving the parking lot. The whole point of the car isn't going to go. It's not going to work. We need to grow because this is the life that's better for us. The Lord, the Lord like, I want to place the anointing on you. I want to let you live long life. I want you to be, you know, protected from your enemies. It says that he watches over the saints. But we need, to, we need to do what God says to do. 
the guy here did not respect God. He didn't honor God. But the, the biggest thing is he didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't want to change. It's like the guy in 1 Corinthians that we were talking about that got called out. He didn't care. He was proud of it. They did not understand what hating sin actually means. What, what becoming a Christian, like, let's know our why. Why, why do we do this? What's the point? Man, God loved us. He invited the good and the bad to a thing that was undeserving. It, it was the prince's wedding. It's not fit for, definitely not fit for a king. Why, what am I doing here? God says he loves you. Let's be a part of this life change. Paul was surprised because he's like, why would you not want to be a part of this life change? So, so, so we got to this point and, and you're like, all right, let's, let's love what God loves. Let's hate what God hates. But how do I do that? How do I, how do, I do it? We have to believe it to do it. We have to believe it to do it. Right now, we're, we're sitting in these chairs, right? And they're, they're pretty great chairs. Got, got some good squish to them. You know, got that good cloth vibe to them, you know. You, you, you sit, you're, oh, that's a pretty sturdy chair. It's, it's made of metal. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Since you're not worried about it, you can sit in it. You, you trust it, right? If I was to bring up some Jenga blocks, so, you know, the big, not the small ones, the big ones, you know, build me a table slash chair with some Jenga blocks and I didn't, I just did four and did a piece of wood on top. I was like, hey, come sit in this. You'd be like, actually, I'm, I'm okay to stand, actually. I'll, I'll be, I'm good right here. I'm good right here because you don't trust the chair. We have to believe it to do it. We believe that the chairs are holding us. We have a confident expectation that if I sit down, I'll, be, I'll stay sitting. I'm not gonna fall. That is what faith is. Confident expectation. How do I believe it? You have to be in God's word. We hear, we hear God's word, right? Hear, believe, and obey. That's, we're growing to become more like Christ. So I have to hear God. How do I hear God? Fine. What's his word say about it? That's why I gave you so much scripture. Don't, don't let me take my word for it. Let's, let's research it is that confident expectation that believing it'll happen. So we have to hear it to believe it. The Israelites, God's chosen people, who the wedding was for, the Israelites, did not believe God would take care of them. His chosen people didn't believe God would take care of them. Exodus 17, two through four, it says, so they quarreled with Moses. Side thought, who are we starting arguments with that we don't need to? Who, they, started, they started a quarrel with Moses. He said, they said to him, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty. They grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. In this moment with the Israelites, they were out of Egypt, they were led, getting led to the promised land. They've watched the miracles happen. The, the Red Sea split. That doesn't just happen, you know? Like, like, I'm not just, I live on Lake Hudson. I'm not just standing there. I'm like, one second. I'm just going to go walk to Salina real quick. I just need to, like, it, it doesn't split, you know? Like, like the, the concept of the water splitting 
to walk across it. They just walked across it. They're like, oh, man, I haven't seen a fish like that in a long time. Okay, you know, and they just keep going. Walked across on dry land. They watched the miracle happen. It becomes nighttime, and they're like, can't see, and it's like, Phew. oh. How's this, how's this flame just hovering here? I don't know, let's, let's keep going. You know, like they just, they just, they didn't care. They didn't believe God. So they get to this point in Exodus and they said, why did you bring us here to die? Did not believe God would sustain them. Verse three says, but the people were thirsty. They let their emotions dictate what they did and what they believed. We can say they had too much of Egypt inside of them. Even though they've experienced all these things, their emotions led them. How often do we let our emotions lead what we do, lead what we say, We cannot let our emotions lead. How often do we do this to God? Where God promised something, and who knows, if God said it, he will do it. So God said, hey, I'm going to take you to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And the Israelites were like, you brought us out here to die. So extreme. They didn't believe God. They did not trust God. In God. Like the Israelites had too much of Egypt inside of them, do we have too much of the world inside of us? Because we're, we're not supposed to be of the world, but we are still called to love the world. The first point still says, I want you to know that I love you guys. We need to love what God loves. We need to love the world like never before. We need to love these people like never before. We have to love the world, but we can't be like them anymore. We have to hold ourselves to the standard that God set before us so that our lives can go smoothly. Let's put the gas in the gas tank. Let's be able to grow. Let's be able to live in that abundant life. That life of joy. The first Corinthians, the guy didn't care. But not as much as the guy in Matthew 22. Went to the wedding banquet for the king and did not change. About all three of these stories, none of them believed that it mattered. First Corinthians, they're like, ah, it's okay. Like they said they were proud. Ah, it's okay. I like sinning. I like doing this thing just a little too much, but I'm not going to quite change it. But Paul was like, no. We We have to hate sinning. The anointing that is promised to us, I want that. We want the life change. We want the growth. But we have to love what God loves. We have to hate what God hates, but we actually have to believe God to do it. Can I give you some hope? God, he loved us so much. He said, no, you you can do it. He said, no, you are strong enough. He says, I've called you. I, I stuck you above everyone else. That is a that is a calling, right? If it says it in the Bible, it means it for you. So the promise of come near me and I'll come near you. Let's do it. Let's come near to him. Because when we do, there's an anointing that we haven't experienced before. There's life that we haven't experienced for. Is life to the fullest. He said his words are life to those who find it. Who wants life today? I want to experience what it means to live fully for God. I want to be able to hear God and believe him 
and obey him so that my life is great, so that I understand how great my God is, that he did so much for me and we were undeserving. But he said, hey, I love you anyway. He said, even though you may have been bad, the good and the bad, he says, hey, I love you anyway. Hey, I want you anyway. Come to me anyway. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, that I may give them rest. Who needs rest? Let's get them. Come to God. He'll give you rest. This is why we want to change. Because I want to become more like God. That we can grow to be more like him. But it all depends on if we actually believe the word of God. Do we believe the word of God? Do we actually hate sin or do we tolerate it? Let's pray. Lord, God, I thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I thank you so much for your love for us today, for your hope, for your joy, for your excitement into our lives, God. You said that we may have life and life to the fullest. God, that is what I want, is life to the fullest in this moment. Fill us up today with your life. Fill us up today with your love. Fill us up today with the fruits of your spirit. Let us walk in every step with joy, every step with peace, becoming more and more like you in every single step we take, becoming more and more like you every action that we do. Lord, help me to love people. Help us to love people like you've called us to love people. And God, I know that you do not condemn us, but Lord, you want us just to be like you so that we can live in right standing with you, that we can live in unity with you. So I place right now an anointing on every single person that today they become more and more like you, that they're willing to go out and share the love of Christ like these servants did so that they could get to the wedding banquet. We thank you for who you are, Lord. Help us to hear your word, believe your word, and obey it. This is all in your powerful miraculous, mighty, amazing, awesome name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Guys, I believe it. Come on.